hour two. Um, so for those that are not familiar with our football, for, oh, I didn't reply to Pierce. Tell Pierce doesn't have to worry about calling in on his vacation. We'll we'll catch him up on Monday. How did this go from you being in here with me to Connor basically tapping out on the program the last few days? What's going on here, Connor Pasby? Good question. I was under the impression, hey, can I run this thing this week? <laughs> and then I'll, maybe maybe this show was just – maybe got tired of us. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's like, those guys, they just wore me out. <laughs> and, like, the comment the other day drove me nuts because it was it – was, uh, yeah, I got to go into this meeting, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, great. yeah. What, what are you guys doing in there? Ah, we're talking about, like, T-shirts, I think. <laughs> it's like, what? What? T-shirts. <laughs> Tell them you'll talk about the T-shirts after the show. You know, T-shirts, they're, they're kind of soft, good fitting. You know, you don't want that. I was trying to think of a T-shirt for this show, but there would be so many. Um, I was thinking. Peace and love. Peace and love was one T-shirt we could have. Um, uh Plank, Peace and love, Boomer. Plank and Josh, two of my favorite dudes on the planet, might be one. <laughs> Since basically everyone that comes on this show is one of my favorite dudes on the That'd planet. That'd be funny. Um, Plank so, and Josh, the news just broke. Someone someone had a really good idea, which was the Plank show, Softball Made Us Famous. <laughs> that might be pretty good. But, yeah, I've got, I've got ideas, y'all. I've got ideas. Softball Made Us Famous is really good. I know. That'd be big time. Um, I don't even know that it needs to say Plank Show on it. Yeah, softball made me made us famous and just wear it everywhere. I've got my Gasso equals goat shirt on today. So Which is fantastic. It's pretty good. Patty does not like those shirts, but I wear it every chance I get. Goat. You know, yeah, by the way. It's Which, funny. of course, is another goat thing. Yeah, that's right. It's the greatest of all time. I, I'm ready for the Pac-12 preview, but I, our ACC preview I thought was incredible. You just forget how many freaking teams there are in the ACC. And so I've got a bunch of nuggets for you. Um, I've got my notepad ready. Um, we can get Pierce's addition to this on Monday. But are you okay if we hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions texts real quick? Yeah, I'm okay with Pac-12 at 1035. Look at you. Kind of like the way you're thinking. Um did you hear my story off the top of the show about what my quote-unquote vacation looks like next week? I don't know. I did, yes. For those that missed it in the crossover, um, my son is my son is currently at West Point. And this is a big week for them at West Point, from my understanding, because they're out in the field. This is their final field test slash training. And just to kind of be that dad – to let you know where I am emotionally on an hour-by-hour basis, uh, my wife, Sarah, goes, oh, did you see on Instagram they put up what they're going through? I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, okay. So I went to it, and when it was done, dude, I was crying. I was just a mess. Because they they make them take their mat. And listen, I understand this is all training, right? Okay, I, I get it. I'm not a dummy. But, I mean, they, make, they put them in a gas chamber, and they make them take their masks off. And you see, you see these young men and women that are going through this, and they come out, and everyone's like laughing. And I'm like, this isn't funny. This is a gas chamber that you're putting them in. But I, I understand. Listen, I understand. And I'm not worried about them. It's just it's a dad thing, right? When you see it, I'm sure it was, I, I don't even know what his mom was like. But I saw it, and it wasn't, hey, that's awesome. It was like, my boy, it's the gas chamber right now. This is cruel. This is terrible. But so – 
with all that said, I, I'm not in as smart as I should be, but his A day is coming up. Um, I want to say a week from Sunday. Hey, look, they left the calendar in here for me. Thank well, you, it's Drake. the end of the week. So, um, A day is basically their their celebration of getting through training is getting through boot camp. Why is it called A day? That is a good looking question. And is it? Hey, we made it. I think you're right. Our no, now our day is the day that he reported. So I didn't get to go to his R day. Um but um and in our day is reporting. I'm sure it's something simple that is like A day means approved. Approved <laughs> arrival. It might be something like that. But so that's that's coming up. Well, short story long, my uh my whole family wants to go to A Day, right? Understandably so. It's a, it's a big accomplishment. Milestone day. Milestone day. So, in order to do that, we couldn't fly because it was just going to be my wife and I. So, the girls want to go. Unfortunately, it falls during their first couple of days of school. I hope the Washington teachers will be understanding. But so instead of flying, we're driving Josh from Norman to West Point, New York, which is a twenty-one hour drive. And we're doing so with my two daughters and my mother-in-law because I foolishly think my mother-in-law is going to end up helping, which I know she won't. But, again, that's the hope. You think she's going to drive a little bit? No! God, no, I'm not letting that woman drive. I mean, not necessarily drive, Josh. Just maybe wrangle the kids every now and then. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> help, I got you. Help, yeah, a little help with the kids. So will you be driving the entirety? Oh, a day, acceptance day. That Acceptance makes sense. day. See, I told you it was going to be something easy. Except so, what does our day mean? Reception. That's when they reception come in. Reception day. Right. Okay. It's, uh, it's basically whenever they come in on our day is go, 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 that kind of thing, right? So, I'm making this trip with my mother in law, my eight and 14 year old, and my wife. We're driving to meet my mom and my stepdad, whom is my guy. So, there's no ill will there but then we also have to meet up with the ex and her husband i have and again i have no problem with any of these people it's just imagine all of that at one time yeah no that's a lot and i think i only go through one state where weed is legal so we might spend a lot of time in illinois just to make sure your boy is set when we get to new york right that's a joke josie i'm just totally kidding right now please so with that in mind i brought it up some people had some ideas uh on the air comfort solutions text line to help me out um First of all, Gunny of Stutzman Army was very supportive. He said, this sounds terrible, Plank. This sounds terrible. Um, For the 281, don't forget to add 10 extra stops for people who can't seem to use the rest stops. 30 minutes after every stop, someone else has to go. You know what? That problem, that problem is not an adult problem. That problem is a kid problem, right? That is a kid problem. And inevitably you stop, and I'm a big, I like to stop. I'm not someone that's like, we're not stopping. I don't mind it. But, yeah, it's literally, you just stop, and five miles after you stop, your eight-year-old's like, I really got to go to the bathroom. Oh, my goodness. And you get 21 hours of that. That's right. Plank, what is the, and this is from a, a BFC who writes, 
what will be the exact sleeping arrangements during this hookup with your ex-wife and her husband? I'm Bob from Cement, and I will take this off the air. We're staying in two separate places. Okay? We're not staying in the same place. Um, from the uh, 620, are you taking your 14-year-old's boyfriend with you? No, <laughs> I am not. Um Tommy, That's good, though. We, we like that. It means you've been listening all week. Tommy writes, it's it's not a gas chamber. I, I just know what they said on the thing, okay? I'm I'm going by what was on the Instagram, okay? They called it, then they walk into the gas chamber, and they take the thing off, and they go from there. And then we get this from the 918. The gas chamber was actually one of the funnier parts of basic training. It reveals quick who panics in uncomfortable situations. Huh. Well, yeah. Based on his genes, he will be panicking very quickly in an uncomfortable situation. So that is my plan whenever I'm gone next week. Not, oh, I'm sorry, not next week. Two weeks. Everything's running together near the end of July. That's where I'll be. So I'm not having a good time. Pray for me. Week of August 8th. Thank you. I have not. I don't know why math on this calendar has been so hard for me over the last few days. But it really has. Oh, I didn't do math. I just looked at the little August <laughs> thing at the bottom. <laughs> so that's been one part of the, the show today. The other part of the show today, if you're just tuning in, has been me laying out the excitement of these classic broadcasts that I've been kind enough or lucky enough to be a part of. And not like on the air, but just editing them together. And we have the 72 game that we dropped on Soonersports.com slash podcast between OU and Nebraska. I'm dropping the 73 OU Miami game tomorrow. It's awesome. Uh, and we got into it quite a bit throughout the early part of the show. Sooners Zach writes, you know, a documentary that needs to be put together is college recruiting then and now. It's a good point. Patrick with a double shot. I'm surprised they never made a movie of bootleggers boy with Switzer. You know, Netflix, by the way, on that, Patrick, Netflix had a series it was putting together on Vince McMahon, right? And uh, as you might imagine, that thing is not going to happen anymore. Yeah, no longer has uh, the green light. I, I, don't, I don't think it was necessarily an investigative piece. I think it was a puff piece, and – those aren't going to fly with Vince McMahon right now. So Netflix is looking for something. Why not? I think it'd be cool to have a feature on that. Because all the stuff that allegedly was happening in recruiting then is happening now, and it's okay. Um, Shane from Newcastle. Some of my early memories were driving around listening to Bob Barry Sr. call a game when our cable went out. <laughs> so that would have to be cable came into – that would have to be in, like, what, the mid-90s, Shane? You know, cable going out used to be a thing quite a bit. And you would call, and they're like, yeah, it's just out. Sorry. Book your bunny ears up. You can still get two, six, and eight. You're good to go. <laughs> bunny ears aren't even a thing anymore. No. Um, and Shane added, Bob is on the level of Fred Rogers and Steve Irwin for me. If you're talking Fred Rogers, okay, you're in my category. That's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Steve Irwin? Okay, I was an adult. You make me really feel old, Shane. Jim in Arlington. Growing up as a kid, he writes in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, back in the 70s, we relied on radio to keep track of OU football. Back then, there was very few college football games on TV, and you were lucky if you got to see OU on the weekend on ABC. 
So radio is an awesome listen. Thinking back to John Brooks. I kind of botched that text, but a good point. Yeah, I mean, that was me in baseball. That was me in baseball. And then one more quick one. Radio stations switched. Bob worked for WKY, which lost the rights to KTOK. Thus, the change in broadcasters. I think we laid that out. Thus, Mike Traps. Did a great job. Traps not only did play-by-play for a couple of years, but then shifted to be the analyst whenever they brought on a couple of different play-by-play guys. So really, really cool. And I hope everyone takes part in it this weekend. Um, you want to fit Bill in here? Real Why quick? not? Absolutely. Bill seems to have some glowing thoughts on I can Malachi imagine. Nelson news. Uh, Malachi Nelson's going to take a trip to Texas A&M. Good morning, Bill. Welcome to the show. What's going on? This does not seem to Bill, be Bill, are you sign. there? Good morning. I'm used to Bill just coming in like he's shot out of a cannon. Let me tell you about Lincoln Riley. I can't stand him, and I hope he always goes away. I usually make Bill wait later, too. That might be a me problem there more than anything else. I know. We we totally screwed up the routine. (laughs) I have no idea what he wanted to jump into this morning. Could have just been about OU's recruiting weekend. That's happening as we speak, but I kind of had a feeling that uh, it might be a little Malachi Nelson related, perhaps. Whenever whenever he jumped on, he said he wanted to talk about how Lincoln's a liar. Oh, one more, by the way, because we have talked about other things than just OU football today. I brought up the the documentary on Derek Jeter that's basically being crammed down our throat more than Sue Bird. Uh, not that I have any problem with it. Yeah, but this was a good remark. Kind of seems like ESPN writes the 405. Kind of seems like ESPN was trying to make this Dieter <laughs> Dieter Brock. Greg Dieter, great player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, is trying to make this Jeter documentary like The Last Dance, but failed. Because MJ is MJ and Jeter is Jeter. However, that Manti Teo fake girlfriend documentary is going to be a must watch. I would say this. Two, two quick things on it. Number one, to me... The Michael Jordan documentary was pretty special, not just because it's MJ, right? But also tagged to it, Josh, that you're, you were dealing with something that blew up during the pandemic, right? It became a we – we didn't have any sports to watch, right? We, there wasn't much going on, and they fast-tracked the, the Michael Jordan documentary. So during a non-sports time – we had MJ, and we would talk about it every single day. Yeah, it had some distinct advantages in yeah. that regard. And then number two, I just – I don't think Derek Jeter is this universal rock star. No. I mean, he was a New York Yankee, and that was great, and it was a time when baseball was a skosh more popular. If it was Ken Griffey Jr., it'd be different. Yes. Jeter wasn't – he wasn't a dude that was talked about. He, he was very quiet as a player, which to some they might say, well, that's why this documentary is amazing. Okay, maybe. But to me, uh, okay. I'd rather watch a documentary on Ozzie Smith. Give me a Steve Sachs documentary. Derek Jeter. I understand it, but it wasn't as if he was some rock star. Oh, but did you hear the gift bags that he would give people? Who cares? I want Buddy Biancolana before I want. Derek Jeter. I want people talking about how much they hate AJ Pierzynski before I want Derek Jeter. (laughs) Now that would be a a fun documentary. All right, let's get a break. When we come back, we'll get to the phones 405 329 9000. That's 405 329 9000 on the Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line. It's the Plank Show. 
All right, all right, all right. We got a lot to catch up on here. There's a lot going on. We're sitting here playing on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and there's news breaking all over the place. All right, um, first let's start with the early reports this morning. Texas Tech women's basketball players will each receive a $25,000 NIL deal from Level 13, which is an NIL marketing agency. It's believed to be the largest NIL deal of its kind for a women's basketball team. So congratulations. I don't know what all that entails. That's quite an investment from level 13, but good on them. I would imagine your community service, appearances, those sorts of things to merit the 25000 And if you, you know – Hit those requirements, boom, you get the twenty five thousand. That's that's kind of how this has worked at a lot of other places. That's, that's right. That's how they. That's the workaround, I guess, if you will. Oh gosh, I completely forgot to get back to her. Okay, number two, <laughs> number two in breaking news of this day, Malachi Nelson has uh, let ES <clears throat> USC and the world know that he hates Lincoln Riley. He is headed to Texas A and M for a for an official visit. That's number two. Number three, this is breaking as we speak. Charles Barkley has announced that he is staying with Turner Broadcasting after entertaining some live golf interest. I really like the quote that he had there. Do you have it pulled up in front of you? Is it the one that he told the New York Post? Yeah. I want to thank Greg Norman and Liv for their interest in me. I wish those guys great success and nothing but the best. But in my best interest and being fair to Turner, because Turner and basketball have given me every single thing in my life, it is best for me to move on, and I'm staying with Turner for the rest of my TV career. I mean, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Good for him. I mean, he entertained it. The, the article says that he may or may not have been given a formal offer. They, they, they don't know that he had a formal offer from – Greg Norman, I would imagine that it was very close to a formal offer if he didn't receive one, but I kind of dig that from Chuck saying, you know what, hey, wish them all the success in the world, but you know, after thinking about it a little bit more, I owe Turner my loyalty. Yeah. And probably I would imagine, you know, as far as loyalty goes, this was a leverage situation to him to some degree, so I – just reading between the lines, I would imagine that maybe some of his financials got reworked a little bit to convince him to want to stay at Turner and be loyal and this and that. But I don't know. I just it reads well. It sounds good. And let's see what else. Oh, George Klaivkov is meeting with the media now as part of the lead up to Pac-12 Media Days. That's right. George Klaivkov, with regard to the Big 12 being open for business, we appreciate that. We haven't decided whether or not we'll be shopping there or not. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What a quote. Wow. And the gist of everything he said is, well, Max Olson writes, the most most important thing in the Pac-12 is everyone is looking each other in the eye and saying the right things in board meetings. You can't put a price on that. That's an, And again, in, in these things, I don't know who to believe and who not to believe anymore. Yeah, I don't know if the board meetings really matter much at all. I, I will say what... 
I want to know what they're saying to one another at the bar top after they've had six or seven drinks. I will say this. There doesn't appear to be a lot of interest right now in the 10 remaining Pac-12 teams in anything to do with the Big 12. And I have no problem with that. That's fine. Hey, you don't want to do that? Fine. But that's just that's what I'm taking away from this. Um, but calls the 10 FBS leagues to brand together to create NIL legislation. Clive Kauf added, we are in the enviable position of being next to market after the Big Ten. We already have significant interest from potential partners and new traditional and digital outlets. Says he is bullish on the future of his conference, disappointed in the decisions of USC and UCLA, and emphasized that recruits that stayed with the Pac-12 footprint this offseason and the coveted transfers who joined the league. When I look at what is taking place in college sports, I believe we have collectively lost sight of the student-athlete. So that's what's going on in the world of sports. So no merger for the Big 12 and the Pac-12, it doesn't sound like. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll hold off on any other reports right now. I just, there's, I, I, I looked, someone had sent me a, this is Quinn's fault, by the way, whom I love. <laughs> someone, someone had sent me a tweet that it was something from at Honey Boomer 69. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it was funny because it was a, it was somebody who had actually broke some news before, so. It what was, was, was I mean was the Jordan Addison stuff? Oh, okay. Now then again, this could be someone that's just as OSU Justin liked to joke. Hey, shoot a gun in the air enough times. Eventually, eventually yeah, you're gonna hit a duck, hit a stray here or there. Uh, all right, so we got our Pac-12 preview coming up after the bottom of the hour. We'll roll through um, all 12 teams in the Pac-12. Hit it quick, um, but let's get two calls in here because Bill checked back in, and I don't want to make him wait because we saw what happened when I made him wait earlier. Bill, welcome to the show. What's going on? You're on the home of Sooner fans. Good morning. You know what? You know, we were talking about uh, Alpine Nelson going to Texas A&M. You know what would really be sweet is if he stayed at USC and Branch with the other kid that's going down there. Okay, hold on. Let me let me turn, translate. Turn your, let me translate here real quick. Um, basically, what I took from that is, you know, what would be great in addition to Malachi Nelson going to Texas A&M would be, and then we kind of lost you. What's the payoff there, Bill? What would be if he uh, uh, can't think of the coach at Texas A&M? Jimbo Fisher. How are you he hearing this? He stays at but the kid brings the five-star receiver at least. And you get uh, DJ Hicks. Where they all screwed all the uh, Bill, Bill, I appreciate you. I cannot understand a damn word he is saying. Something about, I think he said, can they get DJ Hicks? Ah, look at you. You are like the Bill Whisperer. You know, TJ has kind of become, and, and Toby have become the, the, the Whisperer for a few of their callers. You're the Bill Whisperer. I don't know. Is he coming to Oklahoma? Is he going to make a trip? I don't know. I have much experience in these <laughs> types of so. phone calls. Doc, the Doc B, the the Doc B translators, T.J. Perry, dating back to some Marvel phone calls, perhaps. Ah, uh, the Marvel. Uh, I'll add one more thing. I was listening to Ari Wasserman this morning in his Stars Matter podcast, and which, by the way, I do agree, Stars Matter. 
Yeah, no S. I mean, but well, what are we going to call this show? Talking on the radio. I mean, it's yes, they matter. Well done, Ari. Building a building an empire off common sense. Well, but could, you know, great K State podcast stars don't matter. There you go. <laughs> now there's there's a headline to reel you in. They talked about if you could make trades, and in other words, you sign a couple five stars, but. There's a guy after one year that you need a defensive lineman. It's like, we'll trade you our two five-star. we got a receiver and a running back. We'll trade you for that defensive lineman after his freshman year. If college football really becomes like the NFL, I'm here for trades. And by the way, I'll be ready in the front office if you need me. I've been doing this my whole life in Madden. Oh, man. Yeah, imagining college football where trades are a go. No trade clauses on guys' deals. Oh, man. I will not be traded to Indiana. You can trade me anywhere else but there. Yeah, you you really, we'd really be fully departed at that point because I mean, basically you'd have it to where none of these none of these kids are going to class at that point. I mean, that that's a nice little hypothetical, but you can't just trade college athletes that are going to school and trying to get a degree at a university, unless of course they're no longer trying to get a degree from said university. One other. And by the way, Blaine Brown just sent this to me, getting back to the Pac-12 conversation. George Klivkoff was asked again about the Big 12. He said, quote, I've been spending four weeks trying to defend grenades from every corner of the Big 12. I'm just tired of that. He says the Big 12 is trying to destabilize his league. Well, I mean, fairness, USC and UCLA did a pretty good job of that. But I wonder – now, I want to know more about that. Okay, is that – them going after individual schools, is that his view, which was – actually, you know, I agree with George Klivkoff. The way in which that report that Pete Thamel had was presented about the Big 12 saying they have no interest in, in merging with the Pac-12 was really presented kind of unfairly because it was the Big 12 who had reached out to start those conversations, and then all of a sudden it becomes, yeah, the Big 12 has no interest. It's like, well, you were, you're the ones that st- started started this whole thing, Right. So uh, fascinating, just fascinating stuff. Klivkoff not messing around. He's, He's got the gloves out, baby. I don't blame him. Um, True Sooner, you get the last word this segment. Hopefully his connection is better. What's going yeah. on, True? How are you? Bill sounded like those parents on the Charlie Brown shows. That's true. That, now, that's an old school <laughs> reference not many people would get, but I dig it. <laughs> hey, so is Malachi Nelson, is this just a money thing? Is he just going for the NIL deal, or what's the deal with him? Well, it's kind of funny because to be – perfectly clear I have not followed Malachi Nelson since he left for the commitment to USC but when the whole Big Ten thing went down um, in listening to the Stars Matter podcast actually and preparing for this show there you go their whole take was you know guys like Malachi Nelson decided to go to a USC because their family doesn't want to get too carried away, which now Lincoln Riley has a lot to do with it, but the travel that would be involved going anywhere else would be extensive and a lot. And they're not necessarily a family that is loaded. And being on the West Coast and knowing that you could drive the most places was very appealing. Good word. And so I can't help but wonder, okay, either something happened or this is a situation like you're talking about where – they see what's going on NIL-wise at, at A&M, and they want a part of it. Well, and 
if that travel portion, like you're saying, Plank, was that big of a factor for them, well, now obviously the game has totally changed at both USC and UCLA. You're going to be traveling more than anybody in college athletics, and it doesn't seem like Malachi Nelson, if that's a big part of this, then okay, you start thinking about other West Coast schools, and I guess not seriously interested in Oregon or you name it, and A&M, you start saying, okay, well, if we have to travel, here's your travel budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing, I don't realize, you know, as far as the uh, radio broadcasts go, I don't think people realize how huge these broadcasts were in the 70s and 80s. I mean, OU was on television twice a year, twice a year. So we, so KTOK, John Brooks, Mike Trips, the guys I listen to like that, I mean, they were your lifeline. I mean, it was so much more, you know, no no disrespect to, to Toby Rowland, but it was so much more important then than it is now that you had a broadcast that painted a picture of exactly what was going on. And uh, I, I don't think people realize, and I don't want to go back to those days, cause, but, it, but it was kind of magical to get up in the morning as a, as a 10-year-old kid and, you know, watch all the you know Bugs Bunny cartoons and then go to the radio and listen to the radio for three hours. I mean, it, there was something about that that's different now, but... I don't want to go back to those days, but <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was pretty cool the, the way, because I can remember it was so much more important. A radio broadcast was so much more important because I can remember what I was doing at 10 years old, listening to a certain game, but yet I can't remember going to the game. I can't remember last year what happened at this game that I was at, but I can remember 40 years ago, 50 years ago as a little kid. I mean, it's just, that's how important it was. That's what, that was a lifeline. Yeah. I, uh, so. I hear you. I appreciate the phone call, man. That's how it was yeah. in, in where when I grew up. That's how I was with baseball. I mean, that's how I would. Baseball was never on TV. Um, and now that it is, I feel like I watch it less. <laughs> but yeah, can I just say this on baseball? I hate to be. I know what this comes across as, and I and I know I got to take a break. I can never figure out what channel anything is on. I know that's so old, man. But ESPN is doing like one night of baseball and Sunday night baseball. And then, you know, when, when are games on Fox Sports 1? All right, how, do, do I need Apple TV Plus in order to watch this game? Wait, this game's on YouTube? Oh, is this game on Twitter? I just think, and I know baseball had to kind of take, they're not on a major network outside of Sunday night baseball and ESPN. There's no CBS package. There's no Fox package until the postseason. Which ESPN is not. Yeah, you know, one of your it's major to us, but it's not ABC, CBS, NBC, yeah. Fox. By the way, um Ross Dellinger just threw a tweet uh that said is there any chance UCLA and USC could return and go back on their decision? That was according to a question that was asked of George Klivkoff. Klivkoff said, "I'd say UCLA is in a really difficult position. A lot of constituents are very unhappy with the decision." But by the way, nobody is changing their mind. Nobody is coming back. That's yeah. just the reality of Sorry it. the governor's upset, but they're going to the Big Ten. And Clive Kopp even added, saying they might start playing a lot of games in L.A. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought of that. Hey, do people go to Stanford games? No, but you put a game in the L.A. market? Okay. I'm, I'm, this Clive Kopp guy has got my attention right now. I don't know, I don't know who's going to draw in L.A. Yeah, I mean, what, what does? <laughs> but just maybe, maybe their their championship games is what he's talking about more. Some of their non conference games. It's an interesting idea, but 
if the team's not from Los Angeles, I'm not sure that it matters. The idea is to pull in the Los Angeles market on television, not to get the Los Angeles market to the football stadium. Right. All right, we got a break. When we come back, speaking of the Pac-12, it's a football Friday. We'll roll through the 12 teams of the Pac-12 with our over-under win totals and projected wins on our projections. award-winning projections. <laughs> That's next right here on the Home Center Fans. You ready? Oh, I, the, the laptop has been moved. I'm ready, baby. Over-under win totals for the Pac-12 on this football Friday before we get to the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. These are the official numbers courtesy of VegasInsider.com and CBSSports.com. We start with Arizona and a massive over-under of two and a half. They went one and 11 last year and tore down the goalposts with their one win. Jaden DeLora is coming in at quarterback via the transfer portal from Washington State. Uh, Jacob Cowing from UTEP is a big receiver, had seven touchdowns last year. And uh, running back Michael Wiley had a pretty good season, nearly 500 yards rushing. Over under two and a half. What do you think? Yeah, this is one of the worst teams in the Pac-12, and that schedule is brutal. They are going under two and a half. I'm uh I'm gonna go over just for the sake of Arnie to make him feel good. All right, so Arizona. That's nice of you. I I mean he's a jerk, but I care. Arizona State, Josh Helmer, mediocre under Herm Edwards last year, finished just eight and five. But their over under is at six. Some have it at six and a half, but we don't have the hook on this number. And I love that. That gives me. Well, actually, I, I wish we did have the hook because then I'd I'd feel a little bit better, I guess, about the under. I I, I still. The turmoil happening at Arizona State scares me a little bit. Right, I'm not crazy about the quarterback play here at Arizona State, so I'll safely say under with the okay. six right there. I'm going to go over with the six. If it was at six and a half, I'd be out. But I'm going to go over with the six. And I'll tell you what, I'm intrigued by um, Paul Tyson, the Alabama transfer, Florida transfer, Emory Jones is there now. They got the Vanderbilt leading receiver from last year and Cam Johnson. I know that doesn't mean much to most of you. And Wyoming transfer is, uh, I think it's a Xavier Valley who rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. So give me the over on Arizona State. What would you say, under so far? Under, under for me so far. All right, the Cal Bears, Josh, Justin Wilcox, his sixth season, two games under five hundred in those six seasons. Um, Jack Plummer. Transferred in from Purdue, potentially their starting quarterback. Which way are you going here? Over, under, five and a half. Yeah, I'm sticking on the under train here with Cal. So, there, I mean, this is going to be right there up against it. Six and six type team, five and seven type team. I'll say under. Don't feel super convicted one way or the other. Oof. Um, so you went under? Gosh, you're under, under, under so far. I know. Somebody's going to have to go over eventually. I think I'm going to go over again. You and I disagree vehemently or vehemently. Uh, I'll take the over on Cal. I'm over, over, over. Three and a half for Colorado. (laughs) Let's see if we can agree. Carl Durrell went four and eight last year, but that hook is a little bit scary. Um, Bad offense last year. They improved their offensive line with Tommy Brown, who transferred in from 
Alabama. They've got a dual-thread quarterback in Brandon Lewis. In the ref Royal Rumble, they constantly bit me in the backside, Josh. You're going over under three and a half for Colorado. I'm I'm going under again. Oh my gosh. So dude. somebody somebody again is gonna have to go over eventually, but the uh schedule is really tough, just like Arizona, as they touch on in this CBS sports ride up here. I mean, there's just no gimme games on this schedule. Air Force is a tough non conference game. TCU is a tough non conference game. At Minnesota is a Tough non-conference game. Um, where do you find four wins for them? Yeah, it's tough. I'm going under, by the way, three and a half. So, under, under? Under, under. All right, Oregon. The Ducks projected to win nine. Over, under of nine. They finished last year 10-4. and four. Mario Cristobal to Miami. Welcome in Dan Lanning. Bo Nix comes in as what many project as their starting quarterback. I'll just say one over, under had him at nine at eight and a half which I'd feel really good at taking the over, but I still feel really good at taking an over at nine. So I'm going to go over nine for Oregon. Me too. Yeah. Look at you. I think one of the you best. You took it over. It's, yes. Over. Over nine, baby. Um, all right. Oregon State. Oregon State's over under I have is at six, which seems incredibly high, but they've got their returning quarterback and chance. Nolan uh, Jonathan Smith has done a really nice job. It's a tough schedule with road games at Utah and at Washington, non-conference games against Boise and at Fresno State. Which way are you going over under six for Oregon State? If you've started under, 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 eventually somebody's got to go over in those kind of middle-of-the-pack type teams. No real good explanation for you other than I got a lot of other teams that are going under. <laughs> so I'm saying, ah, six wins. I'm not crazy about it, but maybe I'll push and I'll, so I, I'll, I'll say over. All right, I'm with you on that one. Give me over on Oregon State. All right, let's get uh, two more in here, then we'll take a break and wrap up with the final team. Stanford. Stanford's over under right now is at four and a half. I cannot believe that this is the same David Shaw team that actually was in the national championship picture just five years ago. But four and a half, Oof. which way are you going, Josh? I'm saying over. Again, similar kind of logic to what I said with Oregon State. Somebody's got to win some of these games. I feel like the over is a slam dunk for Stanford. So give me the over. I think they beat Washington State. I think they might beat USC. All right, we've got five teams left. We'll hustle through them when we get back, including USC, which we'll save for last. Previewing the Pac-12 on a football Friday right here on The Ref. All right, uh, let's hustle through these final few before the the news at the top of the hour. Uh, UCLA, we're previewing the Pac-12, hitting our over/under win totals. UCLA, I what is CBS? I have at eight and a half. Is that what you have? I've got eight and a half as well. That's they're going to be right up against it. I'll say over again. I've got a lot of unders on the board. They've got some tough games, but I do think UCLA, with the experience of Dorian Thompson Robinson. Should be and, and it feels like they turned the corner, right? Finally, last year with Chip Kelly a little bit. So I'm banking on some carryover there. That you know, a couple of these tough games, maybe they split those and then win all of the other ones. Yep. Um, over under. No, we're going to skip USC. We'll do them to kick off next hour. Over under nine for Utah. Over, of course. Come on. I'm over on Utah too. By the way, I went under on UCLA just for the. For the record. All right. So, again, waiting on USC. We got two more to hit here. Washington, 
the Huskies. Wow, how about that? Seems like a pretty high number based on what they're coming off of. I got seven and a half right now for Washington. Yeah, and I'm probably going under. I, I you know, we'll see. I'm under two on Washington right now, which leads one more team before we get to USC, and that's Wazoo, Washington State, over under eight and a half. Yeah, no for Wazoo. No way you could feel comfortable saying over, right? You got to go under. Uh. You have the first full season of Jake Dickert after the implosion due to vaccine disagreements last year. So, yeah, I'm definitely I'm, – I'm under right now with you, which gets us – oh, we don't have to wait till next hour. We got time. USC, Josh Elmer. Quite possibly one of the most bloated over-under win totals, plus 200 to win the Pac-12 championship, over-under for USC at nine right now. Which way is the smart money going in the Helmer household? I think over. Over nine. Because I think there's a good chance they finish nine and three. But <laughs> there's an outside chance, yes, they could finish ten and two. Notre Dame at Utah, at Oregon State, or what CBS projects as their losses. Wins against Rice at Stanford. Fresno, Arizona State, Washington State, at Arizona, Cal, Colorado, and at UCLA. A lot of playmakers they've brought over, including Caleb Williams. Don't need to tell you that. And Mario Williams. And, you know, a defense that doesn't really necessarily have a ton of talent. They've got to win 10 to cover the win total. I'm going to go under. I think that. There's going to be some tough ones in their form. Now, I think they, they get a break and not having to worry about Oregon this year. I, thought, I think Oregon might have housed them this season, but I'm going under nine. You know, next week is, Josh, next week's the Big Ten. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. That'll be fun. You really went under very early. You went four straight unders before – Five straight overs. I know. We're, we're going to have to figure out if the math even adds up. I don't. I think it does. I think it does. But bottom line here, the Pac-12 has done been previewed. What are the top five stories of the day next? Brought to you by Newcastle Casino right here on The Ref.